You're perfect. Okay. Like I some have, ancient thing that like I understand people a haven't used in 25 years to the internet to write books because you can get distracted. But like, I don't know why you would use a really old but program like, to write shit. It's like he goes to all these conventions and like literally the only place he writes ever oh. is on that computer in New Mexico, wherever the fuck he lives. Like, it sounds like what's his face, um, the Linux guy. Oh, he doesn't even use the World Wide Web. He just Graybeard, he, he dude. uses like a some kind of script to email himself the web page. Yeah, he uses like <laughs> Linus. No, no, Arnus. no. The the one who isn't normal ish, um, Richard Stallman. Oh, yeah. the Emacs guy, <laughs> the fucking okay. psycho guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that dude. He has some very weird intense. ideas about lots of things. Yeah. Everybody. I, thought, uh, like, I don't know what he personally is like, but I've been to like those software development conventions. And some of those guys are way too intense to like even interact with on like, you know, just a casual conversation basis. And I assume he's 10 times worse. <clears throat> Troy. Yeah. So here, this is Richard Stallman. We started recording, by the way, for anybody who isn't familiar with him. He said, uh, a parrot once had sex with me. I did not recognize the act of sex until it was explained to me afterward, but being stroked on the hand by his soft belly feathers was so pleasurable that I yearned for another chance. I have a photo of the act. Should I go to prison for it? So that's the guy you're dealing with, everybody. Don't use Linux. Is he making an argument for child porn or it, something? It's, <laughs> it's, <laughs> the con- yeah, I don't I think, get it. I think this is his okay. argument about consent or something. This is the year of the Linux desktop, okay, Clark? Is Oh, yeah? It's It's got 2.5% market share. It, it's it's going it's going up only, only up. Well, geez, I mean, people say nobody uses Macs, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody uses Apple now. Well, because you use an iPhone. Everybody uses an Apple laptop, too. Otherwise, you're a loser. I'm a loser. (laughs) But you did have one. I did have one, but I just wanted to boot camp most of the time, so I'm like, yeah, fuck it. You can't do that on the new OS. Yeah. Apparently, it's a bug. Anyway, let's talk about uh, Star Trek Discovery. Speaking of bugs, STDs, Star Trek STD. Tie that together somehow. What'd you think? Yeah. Yeah. What'd you think? I told you I was going to give it a chance after the mid-season finale, and I watched the rest of it, and I did not... It it fell apart for me. I didn't like it. (laughs) I didn't like how it ended up. Um, I don't like the Mirror Universe thing. So, I, I mean, kind of straight to spoilers. Like, so you have this, this emperor in the Mirror Universe. Right. She gets pulled out of the mirror universe and helps in the real universe. Right. And she gets like a little freedom, you know, ticket badge. So we're we're to believe that this person of like outstanding drive to the point where they are able to backstab their way to become the emperor of the mirror universe is just gonna sit and go to a beach in Cabo or something for yeah. the rest of their days. Yes. Okay. Because this universe is better. The other mirror universe is mean and evil. Trump lives there. Oh. Yeah. This is the better universe. Okay. But I, I guess. I don't fucking know. It's one of many problems. Okay. Let, I mean, starting... I, the thing that just shut me off completely, I hated it too. Or I don't know if you guys hated it, but I fucking hated it. Was... Uh, 
hate is a strong word. There are things I hate, and I didn't hate this, but I definitely didn't like it. I didn't like most of it, but I hated like a couple parts, like when Michael Burnham is using the tele, like mental Skype, finding Sarek and stuff. And did this not bother anybody? Just in the or series of finding Sarek. Yeah, like finding out that Sarek is in in danger from the extra, the logic assassin. <laughs> like she somehow has the force too, <laughs> no, as well as. Did I forget this part? What are you talking yeah. about? This was early on. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm just talking about the series overall. Oh, okay. I completely past. forgot about like anything past because you were saying forgettable. Because Grant was saying he was going to give like it a chance, and you were saying, and I was like, oh man, you know, I didn't like most of it, but I fucking hated a couple parts of it. Yeah, that okay. Was the, that was the first time I was just like, oh man. Or where she has to argue her way out of the computer, oh, leaving her to die. Right. The since when do Star Trek computers even? They have logic protocols. I know. <laughs> no, part of the joke is that they're fucking stupid half the time. I know. Usually, like, this is supposed to be 10 years or something before the original series, where if the computer in the original <laughs> series, it just basically said, like, two things, like, you know, working and then something else, and that yeah. was it. So speaking of that, like, <laughs> I just loved how they smoothed over everything. It's just like, oh, yeah, this the series isn't a retcon. We're just... We're just not going to do the whole, like, spore thingy anymore, and we're just going to, like, you know, keep everything under wraps of everything that happened in this whole series to make sure it lines up with the original. So it was, yeah. all, it was all, like, a s- secret op or something? That's what it ended up being, pretty okay. much. It's like, oh, the whole Mirror Universe thing? Yeah, don't talk about it. Like, right. we'll, oh, the spore drive? Yeah, we're not going to use it anymore until we find a... You has know, to active, you know, accidentally be discovered in the original series again, right? So the chronology is secure... Something Just like, like that, that fucking twist JJ used for like the first movie. Like, oh, it takes place in an alternate universe. Does it? I didn't know. <clears throat> I wasn't yeah. aware that Star Trek uh, with Spock and the space guns wasn't in the regular so, universe. I, I'm still like unclear because, I mean, you said this was 10 years before the original series, but like, is this JJ <laughs> universe Trek or is this? No. It's original track. Or as far as we know, it's not. Okay. Seems to be original. So are we to say in 10 years, under the rule of this new Klingon person, like they grow fuzzy faces and shit? Yes. Okay. Who Dude. knows? It's all, it's all messed up. Whatever. I, I, I don't know. I, again, like I have no idea about the you know any other series of Star Trek. The Klingons unite under threat of like nuclear annihilation. Yeah, Just basically, sh- a guy with his suicide vest walks in and say, "Follow me." <laughs> it's the equivalent of that guy that like yells at you know outside of malls, you know, saying you're going to hell type thing. Like, <laughs> the dark man is coming. Yeah, yeah, I saw one yesterday, so that's what <laughs> I was thinking about the whole time watching. It's like, okay, you're just gonna give a suicide bomber control over your entire race, and empire? and they're all like, like enthusiastic, like. Like, oh wow, that's a good idea. Yeah, let's let's give it to the crazy bitch. Yeah, unite honor. Yeah, usually they aren't just you know happily suicidal like that. It's more like they're a proud civilization that is supposed to be based on honor, but is kind of a little corrupt within, and the conflicts that arise from that. That seems to be like most of the stories about Klingons in the original series, not the original series, but like next generation. Oh, when, when the Klingons had real stories, I mean, there right. wasn't a lot of real Klingon stories in the original series. No, in the original series, they're just the bad guys. Yeah. 
So that whole subplot thing with the one guy who has like the Klingon bones or something that gave him memories. It seemed very... And he had like magic surgery to make him be able to access the memories, but he, yes. they deleted the the kernel partition with the guy's evil brain. <laughs> okay, that just was like hand wavy <laughs> science for you know the sake of plot type shit. Like it was, I don't know, it really bugged me that whole thing. And well, they terraformed a moon just to grow more spores. Just yeah, it, it was just, just like how many episodes are we you know lit for in this second half of the season? Oh shit. Wrap it up, wrap it up. Wrap it up. Um, no, but the whole Klingon in your head plot, like, um, you guys never played Metal Gear Solid, but it was straight out of that. <clears throat> that game, the dude has an arm grafted to his arm because he got it cut off in the first game, and then the arm takes over his head, and, like, he becomes the person that was inside the arm. <clears throat> but it was really nanomachines the whole time. Right. I was just thinking about that the entire time. They're like, oh, yeah. Because of the B-Machine Gun, I, I hear you. No, 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 no. B-Machine Gun was in the 60s. This was uh, around the time of 2000, 2001 or so. But Nano Machines, son. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There are no Nano Machines in the 60s, okay? Like, it was pure, like, weird B-shit and, like... Oh, Okay ghosts that like haunted you after they died so it was micro machines not nano yet wait isn't that what all ghosts do it's like they haunt you after they die like that's well i mean like i typically think of ghosts like ghosts haunting a house like if like you know somebody died in your house oh there's maybe a ghost in your house this ghost like followed this person around and like shit Okay, now I understand what you're saying because I am somewhat familiar with this that apparently there are ghosts who like attach themselves to people and then there's like spirits that will attach themselves, they say, to like places, which I'm not sure how that works. See, I understand physics and all that. I can, so like, if you're going to believe in ghosts, I can believe the attached to places sort of thing. But, Whoa. like, I feel like the attached to a person sort of thing is just, like, that person is crazy. Well, I read about this, and it's, like, they say the place thing because it's, like, it has to do with, like, electromagnetism, and it's, like, kind of like an imprint on the the point okay. in, you know, whatever. Like Again, it sounds a lot whatever. like bullshit. Just it does I can, sound like bullshit. I can get more behind <laughs> a haunted house than a ghost is following me. Right, a haunted person is, yes. is mental illness. Yes. So, <laughs> more often than not. Yes. Whoa. Yeah. Listen to this I know ableist. I'm a, I'm a ghostist. This ableist anti ghost. Yeah, I'm against ghost rights. Um, you missed hated the new Ghostbusters, too. You... The ne- I misliked it. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, against, I'm against the new Ghostbusters as well. Um, I guess my Ooh. whole thinking when I watched Star Trek Discovery through was maybe I'm a bit naive, but why can't we just have a show, a Star Trek show, like Next Generation? Weren't we saying, or I was saying last week, wasn't that like what that's, uh, what's his facious show? Seth MacFarlane's show is kind of like? Except- well, that's like, it's, his is, it's a comedy, right, at its base? I don't know. It is. That's, okay. I mean, Seth MacFarlane's trying to do comedy with Plus it. Plus he's with- a pussy who wanted to be Captain Kirk. Yes, not, that, ca- not Captain. I mean, Kirk. like, I, I mean, like, have a show like Next Generation was. It's 
positive vision. There's not a lot of interpersonal conflict between the crew members. It's really about solving a problem, and there's a big overall plot of every episode that usually revolves around some moral issue or something like that. And there's not a lot of phaser gun blast em up shit, but it's more about the the dialogue and the all that. I think I found the problem a couple phrases back. No blast em yeah. phaser stuff. Yeah. yeah. That's I don't see why we can't have that though anymore. Maybe something has just changed in the culture so much because I know Next Generation was like one of the biggest shows of its time. Yeah, but audiences love weapons at maximum. But this was only 20 years ago. You know, 25 years ago. (laughs) You're saying that, like, we've gotten to a point where we just, we can't watch a series like that because everybody's so cynical. Yeah, everything in space has to be pew-pew blasters now. It cannot be, you know, better vision for humanity. I really think that's the missing niche. Unless it is the very last thing in the series that like ties it all together. Like, yeah, we could be better. Like at the after end, we just kill a bunch of people, right? At the end of Star Trek Into Darkness, where Kirk. Well, no, like at the end of speech. Discovery, it was sort of like that. It was like, oh yeah, like we're, we're Starfleet. We we do things right. We don't kill people. We don't, you know, right. do Even genocide they, on planets. Right. They just did a whole bunch of terrible bad <laughs> yes. things. And yes. Yes. It's like, but we learn from. We're yeah, better we now. learn from our mistakes. Right. We're not going to do it again. Like J.J. Abrams panicked text to them before they do their press interviews. Like, say it was about drones. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, oh my god, guys! We just realized there's nothing of substance in this stupid fucking movie. You gotta like, you gotta make the press believe that it had some substance to it. We gotta push that narrative or whatever. Which which movie was about drones? Star Trek Into Darkness is what all of the actors, when they were oh. clawing for deeper meaning in their press interviews about it, were like, oh, it's about drone policy and like. Because okay, of, I never saw that one. Because so. a very minor plot point in that movie was they used long range torpedoes to kind of like just snipe people they didn't like <laughs> so they were going to use them against klingons because the klingons were you know fucking shit up on the border or something so then they extrapolated that they got the cheesy argument to tell the press people when they were pushing the movie that it was all about like you know obama's drone policy and stuff and was really what they meant is it's about bush's drone policy right but it's disturbing <laughs> and, i mean and troubling justin the drones right. it's troubling but this literally took up five minutes of the movie, and they wanted you to believe that it was all about this high-minded political debate. From my mansion in the Hollywood Hills, I'm very concerned. I would be too. If I, I had also to live in that kind of hellhole. Really love Hispanic people, but only when their truck that above my lawn leaves the gated community I live in. But I have an opinion about it. Well, they weren't so charitable to. I mean, if we're going to go there, like they weren't charitable to Hispanic people in this in this one. Like, uh, no. I think the the security chief lady got killed pretty quickly she, the, by the tardigrade thing. It, oh yeah, and then <laughs> and that's actually you know I'm, she comes back for like half an episode and a half, like in the second half, and like has you know the evil version or whatever, and oh, blown up. Right, they just replaced her. Yeah. It just seems like they didn't tick that box on purpose when they tick so many other ones. No, I feel I feel that's another problem that they get too caught up in is making sure that there's like pushing the diversity thing. It's yeah, like that's it's, not really what Star Trek is about. It's Star Trek's like about post diversity. Yeah, it's like at a point in the future where that doesn't even matter, so they don't even they don't even think about that. It's just like there's a Klingon guy in the crew. It does like they don't. They don't care. There's a bald guy, and that's okay. Yeah. 
this is like oh it's a it's a bag of skittles yeah <laughs> exactly i mean again like it's just not a bad thing it just seems like okay this looks very deliberate <laughs> yeah like you mean in Discovery? Yeah, in Discovery. Oh, yeah, they're definitely counting out all the colors of all the little jelly beans in the jar and stuff. Mm-hmm. But Whoa. We just got kicked off the internet for that one. <laughs> <laughs> Apple flagged us for review. No, I'm, whatever. They don't even listen to these things. How could they do that? I mean, how could they? They don't Machine learning, okay. Machine deep learning AIs like you'll be able to talk your computer into unlocking the door one day because you don't want to be trapped it's, in there. It's like McLovin says to them in Super Bad, like I doubt you have the skills or the technology to pull off such a procedure. <laughs> <laughs> was that when he said he was gonna remove his face and wear it? <laughs> what a great movie. <laughs> What does it say though that you look the super bad for a laugh when you? It says that Star about... Trek's dead, <laughs> and that I'm just gonna have to be content watching old reruns of Next Generation for the next like 50 years of my life forever. <laughs> there was one I, I can't remember. I again like I, I honestly watched this like four or five hours ago, but there was like one or two little like kind of like jokes or quips that were actually kind of funny in the second half of the season, but I already forgot them so. Quip track. Yeah, pretty much. Like, I don't want to oversell how much I dislike it. I mean, it's not drop-dead terrible, unwatchable. It's just doesn't feel like Star Trek and is too much in that everything's dark and, you know, anti-hero stuff that is like every show today. We talked about this last week with Altered Carbon, that that thing got past that shit by having an interesting, what do you call it, like milieu that they set the story in. I don't think Discovery has that because they're just using, they're reusing all the stuff that you'd expect there to be in Star Trek and then just applying this kind of forced character narrative on it that everybody's like, got, everybody's got a soiled past and, you know, a deep, dark secret. You know what, what? What deep, dark secret did Picard have? Answer that to me. He didn't have any. He, like, what were his secrets? That he was like a cad in his youth and got stabbed through the heart? Because he was like, was that even a secret though? It seemed like a lot of people knew. No, he had like an they talked heart. about it in a lot of episodes, but he didn't have any like deep dark thing where they discover that he's secretly like a rapist or something like that. Or wouldn't that have been funny though? But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or like you know, Data didn't murder a bunch of people. Nobody has secrets. The only the only secret that's in Star Trek actually that I can really think of that's like a deep dark secret is in Deep Space Nine, Doctor Bashir. That's it. That his parents, like, gene altered him to be smart when he was a dumb kid or something? Yeah, which was a really stupid and... But it was kind of inconsequential <laughs> because it was just like a jumping off point to the larger plot discussion. Yeah. Just the plot was about genetic engineering and, you know, something like that. Like, are you going to make designer kids? It's basically like presaging designer kids and stuff. Like, and is that ethical? That's, so that's like an interesting that's, that's thing. For, yeah, it's an interesting thing about Star Trek, an episode. It's not like, ooh, is Dr. Bashir's, like, did it alter his brain and make him crazy so he's going to, like, is he a secret murderer? We have to, Garrick has to catch him. Is, what are you guys talking is about? Is Captain Lorca really <laughs> mad right now? Is he upset? No, he's, he's uh, burnt to a crisp. Oh, that's right. 
one of the most interesting and fun characters because he was just such an asshole. Got to get rid of him. Probably can't keep paying Draco Malfoy's dad money. So still, even in the second half, the best actor character was that alien dude. What's his face? Saru. Saru. Yep. Not that there's a lot of competition. No, there really isn't. (laughs) But Yeah, he's kind of like the steady hand. Yeah. He didn't really... He he does nothing. He's like, <laughs> he's like a good character, not like a great, amazing, stellar character. He's a good character in a bunch of bad ones, so it's, he he's stands really, out. Yeah, he's really the only character that reminds me of like, oh, he feels like a classic Star Trek character. You know, that's uh, is that really? I forget. I probably asked this in the other time we did this, but is that his race in other Star Treks, or is it just mm. one that was sort of spun up for this? I think this is a new race for this series. Okay. Which, that's a kind of cool. His race is cool. Their backstory, kind of interesting that he's, like, afraid of everything because that's his... They evolved to be, like, prey animals or something. Mm-hmm. So, fine, whatever. Just, like, Klingons evolved to be, you know, bloodthirsty maniacs. Like, psycho, yeah. <laughs> hairless gorilla monster <laughs> yeah. things with fangs and, yeah. like, orc heads. Yeah. <laughs> Makes a lot of fucking sense. They're orcs now. I, mean, I know that like... just doesn't make any sense. Like, oh, I meant Klingons in like Next Generation. Oh, oh, I, I thought, didn't mean the I, I didn't thought... mean the Klingons in Star Trek Discovery. Yeah, yeah, they're fucking orcs. They, <laughs> they remind me of the History Channel special on uh, Stalin's chimpanzee human hybrid experiments. Of oh, the, geez, the, the ape yeah. men marching with the helmets Was that, on that like Monster Quest or something. <laughs> yeah, it was just like they looked like yeah gorillas with like. Orc head stapled on. <laughs> Monster oh, Quest. That was a good show. Did you ever watch that, Justin, on the History Channel? Uh, oh, is that the one where yeah. they like, it's like, oh, there's like a, you know, a 300 pound, you know, boar in this forest, and we're going to go look for it for 45 minutes, horses like, included. There's yeah. a swamp monster out there. Cryptids. That's what the show was about, basically. They're looking for Bigfoot and all his variants. And The Lost Tapes is this Animal Planet's better dramatic version of Cryptids. They never find them, do they? They do. That's what the Lost Tapes is about. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's all these It's I guess when the found footage was hot. So when I go to uh, Wikipedia, it'll have a picture of Bigfoot? Well, it's like what a hiker is, you know, checking, or um, a ranger is checking her cameras. Oh, is it like fictional type stuff? Yeah, okay. yeah. Ranger's checking all her cameras in the remote Pacific Northwest, and then Bigfoot kills her. And you can see this through, like, the different found footage. Oh my god! It's kind of sad that talking about Bigfoot's more interesting than Star Trek Discovery. <laughs> I I can talk about Bigfoot in an unrelated series for a bit if you want. Do you ever read uh, the Dresden Files? There's a whole like mini series within that book. Justin, series. I had no idea you read the Dresden Files. I've I've heard Seriously? of that. I've never yeah, read I, it. Yeah, I do too. Oh, okay. <laughs> Again, like I don't know if you started this recording when we were talking about Game of Thrones, but I'm still fucking waiting on the next book of those. So. Me too. Jim Butcher needs to hurry the fuck up. But yeah, there's like a sub-series in that, like working with Bigfoot or something like that. And it's kind of funny. He just like goes out to a campfire in the middle of the forest and Bigfoot shows up. He's like, hey man, oh yeah, can I have a cig? Thanks. Eating some Pringles and shit. It's kind of funny. Bigfoot likes cigarettes. And Pringles. None of that on the Star Trek Discovery. Nope. None of that on the distress call from the Enterprise, so we can look forward to. Yeah. That. So yeah, I I assume that was like sort of like you know a fan jerk off type thing, like 
because they were like, oh, it's like slowly showing up the letters. I'm like, this means nothing to me. It's like, it's a USS Enterprise. I'm like, yeah, I know that. With Commander Pike, I'm like, Googling Commander Pike, Star Trek. Oh, he was the guy before Kirk? Yeah. Wow. Oh, man, he was in the, with the, the pilot that didn't you know, work out. Uh-oh. You know what? It made me happy. That thing made me happy because it was, as soon as I looked that up, it's like, oh, it's the guy that was before him. It sort of said, okay, we're done with discovery. <laughs> <laughs> How little you know, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Now, because nobody gives a shit about Captain Pike, they can start the second season with whatever, you know, they can insert the discovery crew into the events that leave him a horrible mutant cripple man, and then... Oh, there's still all that. I okay. And then they can bounce off and go on their own merry way in the same timeline, but doing their own thing, and have eight or nine more seasons of Michael Burnham. So we kind of thought that when this was announced, that since it was behind that like CBS bullshit paywall thing, that it wouldn't be popular. Honestly, I I don't know if it is or not, or if it's really caught on, or if it's like. I don't know either, but okay. if I had to guess, I think it would be like a Game of Thrones situation where there's a lot of people watching it, but a plurality of them are not paying for it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's entirely possible. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I, well, I don't know if like Google, you know, track me, learning me because I'm like searching Star Trek shit when I watch this, trying to figure out what the fuck's <laughs> going on. But like, in case you want to see like news articles, like saying like, oh my god. Captain Lorca's betrayal was amazing. I'm like, mm. oh, was it on BuzzFeed or Mashable? Uh, I think it was like on Ars Techna or something like that. But or uh, CocksuckerOpinion.com. Something. Yeah, okay. sure. Gizmodo. It was amazing. I didn't see it coming. Well, you didn't watch any Star Trek before this, obviously. Right. You're 21 <laughs> years old. <laughs> Shut up. So you don't have to be a certain age to go watch it. It's on the fucking internet. Yeah, like. but I'm really shocked at you know how many people today, young people. Well, I mean we're young, but still, like people who are just coming into college or whatever, graduating late. I mean, it's like they really do think the world began with them. So it's like anything that comes before that, they they're shockingly ignorant of. So it's like, wow, Star Trek is cool. It's like, oh. There's like hundreds of episodes of real Star Trek that you've never watched. Yeah, but it's, it's even the old, the original series is that there's you have to use your brain thing to do the. It's not served up to you on a silver platter and <laughs> move your brain yeah. muscle to <laughs> right to, to, to do, do the things. things. The the material yeah. in previous Star Trek series is not pre digested for you. It's not chewed up by. You know your your parental figure, and then fed to you like a baby bird, or something. <laughs> yeah. CBS doesn't vomit the conclusions into your mouth. Yeah. <sighs> Don't you sigh at Michael Burnham, Justin? She got a full pardon. Who? Oh, um, the interesting character, the one everybody cares about. Oh, okay. The one that you're like, I identify with that person. Okay. Oh well, that's not her then. Who was? Oh. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Some so, kind of character you have an There's one character with. that, like, I don't know if I was, like, waiting for a backstory, a little more characterization, but they, like, showed her a bunch. The one with, like, the metal plate on her face. I don't remember if, like... Oh, the bridge girl who was on the original ship, and then when they got attacked, she got hit 
in the br- on the bridge, and she had to get the oh, is that it? Plate. Yeah, okay, I think that's what that it and was. the android. I was like, are they going to do anything with these two? Oh, okay. Don't well, the the android robot man thing is a whole separate problem relating to Commander Data and the original series and computers being huge refrigerator boxes with lights taped to them. Okay. Just you know. Whatever. They they want too many goodies and too many pew-pews in there for the timeline they picked. <laughs> they just want, I mean, some of it's a consequence of time. Like Enterprise had LCD screens and stuff that was, I guess, modern for the time, but still way ahead of the cardboard sets from the 60s. Whatever, fine. Well, I think the original series of Next Generation maybe inadvertently did a really good job of predicting things in the future. Like, Picard had a fucking iPad. Everybody had iPads in Star Trek, basically, in iPads, Next Generation. laptops, Alexa, Siri, like, all that stuff. Pretty much, was... and... You just set off a bunch of speakers, you know that? Good. <laughs> like, the original series, The Communicator, that's basically your iPhone. Alexa, play gangbang. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Uh, here's, here's a better one. Alexa, call 911. I don't know if that actually works <laughs> or not. I guess we'll find out. Okay. But yeah, that's, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that they call, and it has the, a good sense of like continuity, but this just looked like the J.J. Abrams, like everything is made by Apple and is overly complicated. Yeah, everything's polished twice a day and... I don't, I don't know, know what to say after the it, end because it's just okay. It looks like, like you said, Apple built it. Everything's it feels glass, and, sterile, and lifeless. It does not. Yeah, it's very like the design ethic and not a lot of creativity put into the actual school of design there. Do you see those news articles about Apple employees running into glass? At the new headquarters, yeah, I think it's really because it's so well polished. Well, that's the whole irony of that thing to me is that. It was supposed to be up in the grand project for Steve Jobs before he died and Johnny Ive, who's a user, or, I mean, he's an industrial designer. So he's supposed to figure out how to make things work for people. And he designs a campus where people can't get around. And apparently I've been reading lots of things that people can't do their work effectively in these open workspaces because a lot of this stuff that they have to do is very cognitively intense. So, like, the... Apple has a custom silicon group, and their head demanded that they're not going to work in the new building, so they had to build them a separate building attached to the spaceship, which is like set up like a traditional office. Yeah, but they have a bunch of offices, just like look like normal offices buildings out there. So. Right, but this guy said he was going to fucking quit oh. if they didn't do this because it was bullshit to expect his team to work in this open environment where it's just this huge like wave of noise coming at you all the time. You can't concentrate on a damn thing. Yeah, I don't know. It seems very style over substance. Hey, at least Star Trek had you know own individual rooms for you know the different departments. Engineering gets their own room. Medical gets their own room. It makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. Like, why would you have the medical bay on the bridge? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's 2018. Of course you would. Right. Like Picard's trying to command something, and you know Doctor Crusher's in the way of the view screen, treating some guy's horrible burns or something, and. <laughs> I, you know what? The only thing that was missing was Jonathan Frakes appearing out of nowhere in his like 
And it turned out to be a holodeck yeah. simulation. <laughs> his huge gut and thinning hair and bad dye job on his beard. Do I even want to ask who that is? or no. Commander Riker. Oh, okay. At the end of Star Trek Enterprise. Spoiler, any of you fucking assholes who haven't watched it yet. Enterprise, what? Which the one, one with there? Scott Bakula. It was on UPN. You probably haven't heard of it, like, really. Okay. <laughs> um. It was about the first Enterprise. It's it's set 100 years before the original series. When they're just getting started. Okay. But the whole thing is the captain, I don't know. It was badly written because the captain is mad about not being the future yet. Like he's supposed to know. What? Don't worry about it. (laughs) But at the end of all the whole series, after all like the characters and drama and stuff... In the final episode, you find out that fucking Commander Riker has just been using this as a holodeck simulation to work out a, like an ethical problem, and then it ends with him and Counselor Troy leaving the holodeck. He's like, "Oh, I made a decision. Okay, bye. Close program." <laughs> Giant middle finger to everybody watching Enterprise, but oh, that's kind of funny. <laughs> I don't think they cared. <laughs> that's a good way to like write off your series like ah oh, fuck we fucked up the timeline too much uh, and then Star Trek wait. went dormant for four years Star Trek Enterprise I hate it because it was okay but it was also so bad at the same time after coming off of even Voyager that it, it left Star Trek in like a comatose state and it was revived by J.J. Frankenstein it's just it's just disappointing that's the thing about it because it had such a it was like a ripe setting for some really cool stuff and they just squandered all the opportunities kind of like Voyager did after the third season I want to say I think the the Enterprise people felt pressured to duplicate the next generation so they introduced Q as a different character who's a futuristic time traveler fighting the temporal cold war yeah that's stupid so the whole series is like occasionally when things get boring they just reference that again and captain archer is just like oh yeah i forgot the temporal cold war okay is it like (laughs) it did it actually make sense in like the overall series of like oh it was an ethical problem that was trying to be decided or was oh yeah it was so the, in the in the series in Next Generation, there's an episode where Commander Riker, uh, the Enterprise has to go like retrieve a um, an experimental ship that Commander Riker and his old uh, captain, I think, at the time were on there, and the captain's an admiral now, Admiral Pressman, but only he and Riker got off alive after the crew mutinied against the captain because it turns out they were doing something illegal. They were using like an illegal cloaking device that could phase through solid matter, which was a huge treaty violation. Okay. And then so the, yeah, the uh, crew tried to mutiny and they accidentally set off this device and it basically blew up half the ship and then the rest of the ship materialized inside of an asteroid and killed like everybody else. But Riker was like an ensign like right out of the academy and he was like, "Ah, I'm supposed to defend my captain." And then it's like they find the ship like 13 years later or something and you know, they're trying he's trying to restart the experiment, so I guess he he was getting pressured by the admiral guy to to be his bitch again. So well, the admiral didn't want him to tell Captain Picard. Yeah. So basically, to figure out if he should tell Captain Picard or not, he ran like a you know to, to decide multiple whether or season not, long. Right? Yeah, exactly. He he took the afternoon in the holodeck and spent four seasons in there. 
Okay. Right. That's a bit of a marathon. He was doing it on like 2x speed. Okay. <laughs> it seems strange. We right. also find out in that episode, coincidentally, that Commander Riker is a huge fan of history and knows all about the Enterprise missions by Captain Archer. Even though nobody ever talks nobody. about that in any other series. Never any mentioned other again <laughs> any other time, but he's a huge fan. You probably haven't heard of Captain Archer, but well, right. That, that's like, I don't know, those people that like study like the super obscure history. It's like, oh yeah, like I knew, I like, you know, for my thesis, I wrote, you know, a bunch of stuff about this one, you know, person who worked on the Panama Canal. He like had a family back in New York and he got yellow fever and died at the age of 27. Yeah, he was really cool. Actually, it's worse than that, because Counselor Troy knows everything about it, too. Apparently, everybody knows all about it. I just remembered that. <laughs> I mean, what, whatever. It's really they just a, it's, a, it's a retcon or an expansion of the mythology to fit the plot line. That's, that's all. It's... But I think that my problem with Discovery, just to I get, bring that discussion to a close, is that on that point, it... it to, in order to connect itself to the mythos, it stretched too much. Commander Riker running the holodeck simulation was like the very edge of the envelope. It pushed it so far. I would rather have seen a series set in the future of the... Ma- like, continue from where Deep Space Nine and Voyager and Next Generation were and go like 20, 30 years in the future from that. You think it's just a little too close to the existing like timeline? It's too crowded yeah, back it's... there. They had to jam... like stretched themselves in so many ways to cover all the holes they left by introducing this thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, the original series is three seasons, like 78 episodes, six movies. Um, they've got, well, really eight movies because the J.J. alternate universe ones that have the same characters. You've got Enterprise as the prequel, and now you're, like, pulling the bubble gum apart to like fit more stuff into the time span of the original series, basically. Oh, that reminds me. Was the, this Klingon war ever referenced in the original series? No. So the original series, Clark was talking about the original pilot episode yeah. with the Captain Pike guy. Okay. That's like 10 years before the, um, the Kirk episodes, which was like the pilot that actually got picked up by the network. Mm-hmm. And, so that was like 10 years before, and there's nothing about like this Klingon war and stuff like that. There's, there's not even Klingons aren't even mentioned. I don't think they had written them as characters yet. The only the Klingon, <laughs> the conflict with the Klingons really comes up like in more so in the movies, like we're going to make peace now, and then it's indirectly referenced by the next generation several times. Yeah, it wasn't like this, it, and there's certainly no Klingon space cathedral graveyard that. Michael Burnham has to beam over to and kill no. a guy. In, in the original series, the How Klingons are like, they're like the Soviet Union, or they're like the Chinese. They're your enemies. They look different, and they're just bad guys. I think they're the Chinese. Well, I mean, whatever they are, they're just the other, and they're just the bad guy. Because And they're nefarious <laughs> and evil, and they don't have any, they're bad, and they, they bribe people, and they don't have any honor. In the Triples episode, yeah. they say everybody's going to be speaking Klingonese. Right, Klingonese... And then in the uh, next generation, right. they had writers who actually <laughs> created a mythology for the Klingons that was a lot different than the original series, but that kind of caught on and became the default because I guess fans liked it so much. And the Enterprise retconned yeah. that back, so that's now how the Klingons always were. 
the ones Kirk met were just ill-tempered. All right, that's another <laughs> retcon thing that they had to like shove in there, like why they look different in the original series. Thank versus God for next, Uncle Phil. Right, the next generation, because you know the real reason is like they didn't have the fucking budget to do sophisticated makeup in the 1960s with like a show that was pretty low rated during its original run. So that's why they look like normal people with like you know brown paint on. <laughs> But you then, know. <laughs> then Uncle Phil shows up in Star Trek Enterprise, and he's a genius Klingon scientist. Yep. Well, he, yeah, he, he throws jazz out of the house, and then and then he <laughs> and he Carlton brings him his lab coat, and he makes a virus that turns their foreheads right. Kills Carlton when he starts dancing. <laughs> <laughs> makes their foreheads all fucked up, and makes them into Klingon monster people from the next generation to save them from some kind of plague. So they went from orcs to brown people. To virus plagued, who were things. who were cured by making them into Klingon, you know, wharf men. Mm. Okay, I thought they always looked like wharf guys, and then they got the disease, and it turned them into like humanoid. They looked human, and then they said like, "Oh, it's going to take you like five generations for the, you know, to for the virus to subside and the real look to come back." Some shit like that. Oh, is that so it? stupid? Yeah, it was. I just like why would you need to explain that? Everybody, uh, every adult understands that you, they couldn't they couldn't make like sophisticated special effects in the '60s. I mean, that's why it looks like shit. <laughs> that's one thing I can say for Star Trek Discovery: it didn't look like shit. The only thing I liked that they did with the original series and upgraded it was when they took all the effects from the '60s and they kind of like redid the series and remastered it and gave it all like CGI effects for like the ship stuff. But they kept the effects. They kind of look like they were from the 60s, that kind of CGI. It's very simple. So it keeps the same feel, but, you know, it's not this, like, garbled little pixelated ship moving across the screen and that you can't really – you have a hard time telling what's going on. And so You didn't like the, the ship on fish wire effect? I mean, I was okay with it, but I thought if if – they did anything to improve it. They did the right thing, which was they didn't really touch anything except making it look better. Like they washed all the, you know, the film and the colors and stuff so that it looked better on screen. It, you know, it didn't look like deteriorated. Okay. I, I don't know what you're talking about. So no, it's like, you know, where they take <laughs> film. I mean, I just, I mean, in the overall, you, what did they remaster the whole series or just like the, the movies and stuff? Just whole the whole series. Oh, okay. Because back in the 60s, they shot on high-definition cameras by default because of, like, the way the the picture was presented. So you can go back and actually get, like, a high-def format and, like, remix it and clean up the, the film mm. to do that. Whereas, like, the newer series, they can never do that because they were shooting on, like, a different kind of um, camera and film by then where... It was, like, specifically formatted for, like, small TV screens. They shot for TV. Yeah, they shot for TV only. So you can't ever go back and have, like, a Voyager Blu-ray because it would be really, really, really costly, and they just would never make their money. Yeah. Because like, there's not that many fans. They did it with Next Generation, yeah. and it was hugely expensive. Okay. Made it Blu-ray. Right. and But they, they did that because Next Generation was super popular. And yeah. And people would buy it. Deep Space Nine and Voyager's kind of niche. I'd buy Deep Space Nine, but right, but you're one of a few people who would. There's dozens of you, dozens. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like the original series, they could do that, and it was cheap because they already had it sitting in storage. And it's like, did you ever hear the thing about how they did that with Star Wars? 
when they did the special editions. Or oh, where they like do markers all over them and stuff like well, that. Well, like, yeah, they took the film out of storage and it had deteriorated so much that when they put it on the screen, like Darth Vader was blue, mm. like it had faded that much. So they had to like do a whole lot of work to get that film back in really great shape to put it on screen again. But again, like that amount of work to get it looking good is you know it actually does pay back and then george drew on the negatives right Right. well right because it's star wars it's going to pay back Mm -hmm. you know people are going to buy the 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 dvd that looks amazing because you you fixed everything and you you ruin the original negatives right fucking gobble necks so the story goes disney will find them Oh, they, Disney has them. Yeah, I'm sure Disney found somebody's copy or Steven Spielberg gave them his copy or something. They're just waiting. They're waiting to make all of the money oh, they no, can I possibly think, make on the new I think the they announced ones. that. Let me let me check on that real quick. That what they made millions of dollars? No, we know they made billions of dollars. <laughs> Let's see here. So you think Bigfoot's real, Justin? Uh, <clears throat> no, um, I'm not. I'm not big on Bigfoot. I just think it's really unlikely that there's this like sub ape species that's been living in the woods and has been hiding itself successfully for all these hundreds of you know, I'm not, like, years. I think it, people would have found it by now. We're just humans are everywhere. Like we just. Yeah, but I mean, it's oh right. We talked. Sorry to interrupt. We talked about this already. You actually brought this up. Did I? That if Disney completes its purchase of Fox, in addition to getting Wolverine and oh, reuniting right, Marvel, cause... they'll have the distribution rights to finally put out Star Wars, which they almost certainly have a copy of. Yes, A New Hope. They don't own right the distribution or like the home video or something like that. So they there's no point in doing two of the three. You have to do all three of them, and it, they will be able to do that now. Right. If they complete their purchase of the film division, so that's what it is. Yeah. Mm. So cool. I'm Disney's going to buy it. We all know that Rupert Murdoch's going to have a heart attack. He was old. It happens. Well, while we're stepping in on <laughs> antitrust things, <laughs> we'll think about something else. <laughs> yeah. They seem to be doing that a lot lately raising antitrust concerns. Maybe they want to do that for this and say, Disney, you can buy the cat, the back catalog of Fox movies, but you can't buy the studio and it's like, you know, movie making distribution power or something. Cause they would own like what? 45, 50% of all distribution. If they complete this purchase. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that they, they, I guess the FTC could, Theoretically, force them to split it up into a distribution company and then the film rights holder. Well, because then if you want to make movies, what are your choices then? If you want to make a Hollywood movie, you got to go, chances are you got to go through Disney or you got to go through China or you got to go through one of the new players like Netflix or Amazon. I think Netflix and Amazon are ultimately going to bleed them to death. I don't know. Just. I mean, what do they turn out? You get a new, you get a Quip Avengers, Quip Avengers coming out, and you have Black Panther. It's all comic book shit out of Disney as far as, like, volume. And then you get your Star Wars, two Star Wars movies a year now, I guess. Disney has some live-action fairy tale type shit that comes out, you know, a couple times a year. But that shit's not making their their billion dollars. Yeah. I mean, Frozen and stuff, they have some smash hits, but 
No, I'm more thinking like when they have like the the live action Beauty and the Beast or like Cinderella or something like oh. that. Um, I thought they also had like some other random movies that come out, like the the made for TV movie Disney type shit for their freestyle channel or whatever it's called, Free yeah. Will or. I mean, they have other <laughs> things besides Quipvengers and that. But as far but, as what's feeding their bottom line right now, that's their money makers. Is yeah, I mean Star Wars and comic book movies. I mean, they could probably just, you know, sit back and... It just seems like your other movies that are not comic books or franchise establishment things are not coming out of Disney, Warner, or, like, Paramount. Well, I mean, at this point, it's like they don't want to take risks on smaller films like that. So you do go to a Netflix, you do go to an Amazon type thing, and it's like, yeah, we're just going to throw money at you, and we have enough money from the subscribers. We're just going to see what sticks, and occasionally they get good stuff, and... Yeah. I, I just think that because George, George Lucas had the best critique of the current system in Hollywood that it's all based on marketing. So you in, inherently then you tend towards non-creative work because you just give people more of what is already selling. So there's not really a lot of new things coming out. Like Disney hasn't introduced like a new set of animated characters. I think uh, Frozen is probably. Yeah, they, what they, was that, like 2012 or something? So. Well, they, they have, you know, the Pixar movies coming out, you know, every, you know, year, couple years or whatever. But, like, it's usually just, like, one-off type thing. It's like, oh, was that movie Inside Out or whatever? It's like, then there was, like, a dinosaur one or something. But, like... Toy Story 96. Yeah, that's the thing. Toy Story 96 <laughs> came out and, you know, they... Like, Woody's yeah, Revenge. I like that one. It sells. Now he's poisoning the water hole. <laughs> <laughs> Now he's the snake in the boot. <laughs> snake in the boot. Yeah. But there was a time where um, they were introducing like new popular characters and stuff at like a really rapid rate, like in the late eighties and you know probably up until the early two thousands. I mean, think of all the movies that came out then, like The Little Mermaid, Aladdin, The Lion King. Yeah, that was like kind of golden era for like Disney animated stuff. Now they're just kind of like, yeah, whatever. We got more money than God. We're gonna. Do what sells. I guess. Mickey and Minnie kidnapped videos or <laughs> Spider-Man and Elsa 69. Oh, and those weird YouTube videos. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck is up with those. Whatever. It's a viral marketing company, I'm sure. But It seems like weird, like some animation studio in China is just like pumping those out. And it's like, okay, we can get, you know, those monetization views. I think they're just trying to test how they can break the algorithm on YouTube because th- those videos were suggested to like 90% of viewers. Well, they were like being suggested <laughs> to like little kids and stuff. That was a funny thing. Oh, it was hilarious. Little kids should watch Spider-Man and also 69 in Halloween costumes. <laughs> Why not? You know, they're both little Asian men underneath. Probably. <laughs> don't know. I don't know, Bing. So, Justin, we have a special request from... Not this grant, but another grant that we know. Oh. To review Logan's Run. Okay. So. I've never seen that. The four of us are going to do that. Oh. Okay. Uh, yeah. Do you hang with him this weekend or something? Or. I don't know. I haven't talked. Or no, what did I talk it was in reference to the text about Listermans and everything. Oh, I didn't. Yeah. Maybe I wasn't reading that. Okay. I know. We saw Adam for the first time in a year. Oh, wait, did you go this week? Okay, that's... Is he deformed now? Does he have a robot arm? Yeah, he's got like a hunchback and a robot (laughs) arm, and he looks like he's been in the sun for 30 years and has scars and shit. 
It's tough fucking work there at uh, blank 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 science where he works. Oh, okay. Yeah. 